in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, folks, good afternoon. Right now it's 12.06, and you're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can uh, always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Again, it is uh, Monday. It is 12.06. We, um, you know, on Facebook, it's just not ready yet. We had, uh, as many of you know, we had some equipment damage last week. We are still trying to get that on track. So we hopefully get that on track. We we may do Facebook before 2 o'clock. But for right now, it is radio only, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Or you can listen at the website, dipetro.com. We had planned on being live on Facebook. I had said we'd be back on Facebook, but we are unable to at the moment. But we, um, I think that'll be rectified. Well, we're working to rectify it. Um, folks, this portion of the program, nonetheless, is brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Farm fresh vegetables are ready, sweet corn. Zucchini, eggplant, yellow squash, tomatoes, and cucumbers. Local honey is available all season long. And on the Facebook page, I did post. Uh, they have when they they have incredible placata, green giant, abravites in stock. Hundreds to choose from. Three feet, eleven feet, fast growing, deer resistant. Make a beautiful natural border. They also have hanging pots, 12-inch moss baskets, hanging impatience, large selection, beautiful patio pots. Again, the freshest vegetables, the biggest tomatoes you've ever seen, yellow squash, eggplant, zucchini, yellow corn, trees and shrubs, tropical mandevillas. Folks, they are a full-scale nursery. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, 3688 Quaker Lane, North Kingstown. They're open seven days a week. Gift certificates are available and look for them on Facebook. So right now it is 12.08 and uh, it is Monday and you can uh, visit the website. Folks, I, I'll, I'll say this, that, um, and I'll probably save more of what happened last week, probably for, I anticipate we're going to do Facebook Live later but maybe Juan needs to be a little more patient with the way things can work out but any questions about that anything like that you can check out the website depetro.com we have um, everything posted there stories articles uh, statement from me statement from attorney Dodd we also by the way have a timeline on the whole Charlotte Lester case Um, and so everything that you can see I'll say this the video Basically, you know, of what happened speaks for itself. Um, I talked a little bit last hour that this began with um, and remains a, a missing person case. That was it. Uh, it's highly unusual. If someone said to me, how many missing persons cases are there right now? This is the most high profile. Many times <coughs> when you hear of. Um, you know, many times when you hear of a missing child case, and there are them, um, but around the United States, but what a lot of people fail to recognize is just a fact, and it there's nothing, it's still tragic, but a lot of them are custody cases where, you know, th- there may be a missing child. And I'm just going to use like a hypothetical, you know, pick a state. There's a missing child from Connecticut. But in reality, it's one of the parents, mother or father, in the in a custody dispute, have taken the child. And they're now living somewhere else in the country. So that's different than, you know, back in July... There was a child who was missing who wandered away from where the child was um, had a babysitter. And then 
tragically was found in a pond not far from the house. So there, there's different aspects of a missing person's case. Gabby Petito was was missing, right? The boyfriend came home and and you know she she wasn't there or wasn't with him. So with this particular case, at this point, um, uh, you know, listen, something something happened clearly. So just now it's a matter of what happened to her the night of Monday night, May, May 16th. And I, I want to repeat, it's a missing person case. It is true. No one's been charged. It doesn't mean uh, the police don't have a working theory. It doesn't mean the police don't have evidence. But you only get one bite of the apple when you're a prosecutor. So you want to make sure that they have, you know, all the all possible evidence in a case. Because I think a good example, high profile, was the O.J. Simpson case. They moved too quickly. Um, there was no reason to move so quickly. I don't know if they thought he was going to go on, a, on the run, on the lam. Uh, if they thought that, I, I don't know what they thought. But they, they clearly moved too quickly. Because the civil case against O.J. Simpson was a different and stronger case than the criminal case against him, which, you know, not to go through that again, but um, had a lot of twists and turns, had a lot of distractions, um, weren't fully up to speed. They were no rush. They could have sat on that. Maybe they felt they were under pressure. They could have sat on that for a month. They could have sat on it for two months. Where's he going? Unless they... You know, felt what? He's going to try to make his way extradition to another country that that doesn't extradite. Although it's 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 very rare of a country that won't extradite for murder. So in the case of O.J. Simpson, it was two people. So in that case, just as an example, it certainly would have behooved the police and the prosecutors to move a little slower, make sure they had everything. And then you know, developed a much more solid case against him. He probably would have screwed up or made a mistake, which, as you can see, can happen with different individuals. Um, The situation last Wednesday night, and again, I I don't want to belabor it too much. I'm actually tired of the whole thing and ready to move forward. There's parts of it I don't even want to talk about. Um... There are people right now listening to me on AM 1380 or 99.9 FM where you're listening online that are coming back from the treatment for cancer. They had a family member that is being treated for cancer. There are there's all kinds of people. So I'm, I'm really going to get not going to get into any type of uh, there's no need um, physical injuries and so forth. So. That that will be decided in in court, uh, but it was um, you know I had a really lengthy conversation with a criminologist on Saturday, who um, and I'll share this with you folks at twelve fifteen. And again, you're listening to the John DePietro show on this Monday, August twenty second, on AM thirteen eighty and ninety nine point nine FM. Um, you know there are some people that are helpful with information. That they share with you. There are some people that are not as helpful as some others, to put it mildly. Um, although maybe people certainly mean well sometimes. But the criminologist, it was um, it was pretty interesting to this person, and that's what they do for a living, because what they observed. With what happened on Staples Avenue was, and I don't want to get too it, but apparently unknown to me that that sometimes um, someone that could have or possess, and and this is I'm just talking generally a conversation that's brought to my attention. 
and I want to actually remove it from from my situation. But that someone can exhibit multiple personalities and examples they point to are people that and and is as whacked and twisted as it sounds but they go into a character when they're going to do something um you know people are familiar with the film psycho where norman bates had exhibited multiple personalities and would actually dress up as his mother when he was committing these acts. Therefore, when Norman Bates could be asked about it, Norman could answer, no, I was, you know, that I was not involved. That wasn't me. That was my mother, even though as whacked as that sounds, because it is, they almost view it as a separate person. Um, the criminologists also mentioned that scene in Silence of the Lambs, where you see the individual who has a ritual of music and makeup and an outfit, if you will, that they transform into when they're going to commit an act. So the criminologist found it interesting, you know, that someone just totally, folks, as a hypothetical, someone might put on a mask to literally mask that I'm not that person. Um, Coming back to my situation for a moment, it should be noted that the person that lives in that home, Mark Perkins, was asked, you, you, you took his equipment, you took his recording device, you took his phone, took his microphone, took his tripod, and the end, oh no, 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 I didn't. And then, of course, they, they found the phone. I still don't have that microphone. Which is a really good microphone. The tripod was smashed. Um, The phone was smashed. Um, I'll have more to say on that later. But I I find, well, obviously, what does that tell you? Well, it tells the police that this is someone who says one thing, but then the truth is something different. But the criminologist read it as, isn't that interesting? Maybe in his demented psycho mind... He actually didn't think he had the phone. He thought whoever the character is that he transforms into in the orange ski mask, um, where he was, he was, he was going to use that lawnmower to take out me and take out Ladybug. And I want to say there is no doubt in my mind that that was his intention, and that's why there's a rope tied around the the lawnmower to keep it going. Um, this is someone he was looking to commit extreme acts of violence. And it's just, it's very disturbing to talk about that. But I, in fact, was one of the subjects of it. But, but we, we must deal in reality. I mean, that's what was going on. That's a different level. It is. It was the first time I'd ever encountered that person. It was. Um, I'd never, the first time I had seen him was the, 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 three-month anniversary of the, the woman missing, March 16th to August 16th. It was the first time I saw him in person, was up in the window, and then in the, the back of the house was the first time I had actually like, okay, so there's a physical person. But that was the first time Wednesday night that I actually, oh, wow, like there he is. He came out and had his plan and extension cord and Playing Andrea Bocelli. Interesting choice of music. Time to say goodbye. That's interesting. We would almost think it might be like ritual type of music. Um, so, you know, it, it was disturbing. By the way, I want to thank everyone that has reached out 
heard from, I can't even keep track of the number of people, reached out and so forth. Um, I, I can tell you that, you know, we certainly didn't see this coming. We had covered the case in the past, and, and most of the time, when I, whenever I, that was the first time I'd ever been there. Tuesday was the first time I'd ever been there, and there was someone even in the house. So that was brand new that the truck was back. Um, so, so any contention that either A, like, boy, this has been nonstop of, like, bothering the poor guy. I mean, bothering the poor guy. That was the first time we'd ever seen the guy, number one. Number two, he's never communicated with the family. Um, who have tried multiple times, never participated in any searches, never, I hear different things, you know, his attorney says he's been fully cooperative with police, what, I, what does that mean? Um, I, I don't believe he agreed to a lie detector test. Um, I, I was told it was like bare minimum of cooperation, that's what I was told. It remains a missing person case. It's true. No one's been um, charged in the case. That's true. The Lester family also put out a statement on Facebook that I think also, I wish the media had zoned in on it a little bit more because it it also, um, you know, they highlight and typical of the media, unfortunately, many times on the one hand. It did put the Charlotte Lester case back into the news, but they um, they did issue a statement, and it's 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 too bad that the media didn't pick up on it more because they they and I'm reading right off it. I did share this on the Facebook page, uh, folks. And again, it's twelve twenty three. It's Monday. It's Juan. We do have big news, by the way. Doctor Fauci is finally retiring. He says he's ready to move on to the next chapter of his life. I'm you know I'm sure it'll be a book. Maybe there'll be a broadcast opportunity of some kind. But anyhow, um, uh, he, he put, they, they help us find Charlotte Lester, said, we don't conter, uh, condone the absurd attack um, on John DePietro. Independent journalists covered the case of our family member, friend since the very beginning. Appreciated his diligence, support, covering the story, ultimately keeping it in the spotlight. And here's where it gets interesting is they put over the course of the investigation, there have been several people of interest. You've learned about many of these people in the past weeks, all of which have and are being questioned and investigated by us privately and apart from the work police department. So the goal, they write, is to eliminate all as suspects in order to find out what happened. So then they go on to mention someone that had an intimate relationship with her over eight years. Uh, there was a core hogger. Of course, the female that knew who she was, who I interviewed, we've cleared of any wrongdoing, they write, along with various other characters. The one explanation we've not heard from is from the man at the house on Staples Avenue that was taped off for it. Now, they say five weeks. I mean, my math is four weeks, but either way, four to five weeks. The place where Charlotte was last believed to be, and we're still searching for answers. Um, they write, Attorney Calcagney implied that Mr. DiPietro put all his focus only on Mark Perkins, that Perkins has fully cooperated. We don't believe this to be the case. They wrote, our sole focus has been to find out what happened to her by speaking with all friends, acquaintances in a peaceful manner. And then they write, lastly, from the bottom of our hearts, we thank all the supporters. We thank John DiPietro, the media, helping us find justice for Charlotte. So the reason that's important, folks, at 1225 is if you're a member of law enforcement listening or anyone that has followed some of these cases, whether it is uh, John Bonet Ramsey or whether it is Elizabeth Smart or any time there is a missing person case, missing child case, the first thing the police want to do, you know, the, the Lester family is right. That an important part of trying to arrive at who potentially is a suspect is the importance of eliminating people as suspects. Now, John Benet Ramsey, when that happened, 
the first thing they want to do in a situation like that is, is eliminate the parents as suspects. The first thing they want to do, eliminate parents. Okay, we know it wasn't the mother. We know it wasn't the father. We know it wasn't a family member. And then you build the circle out like that. And this really, you know, they're exactly right. So as important as it is as identifying people, it's also as important to identify who, who is no longer a suspect. And that's why they wrote, it all seemingly comes back to, and I'm just reading their words, um, that individual. And so that that's a really important part of that. And as we know, folks, at 1226 on this Monday, you know, People can always come up with absurd theories, right? I'll stay with the, the Simpson case. It was, isn't that they call, remember it was Johnny Cochran, it was the Colombian drug lord, that that's their calling card, that Colombian drug lords and cartels, what they do is they decapitate someone that is like cross them, rip them off, whatever it may be. And they were trying to say because Nicole Brown Simpson's friend, Faye Resnick, because she had, as preposterous as this is, well, because she had done cocaine, maybe a Colombian drug lord, you know, got the wrong address. I mean, that is so absurd, right? There were people saying, you know, someone wrote me an email about Trump. Maybe she went to another country. Maybe she decided to live in China. Maybe, you know, if you want to follow that path, you could, you know, and yeah, and maybe a spaceship landed and like took her up. I mean, that's how ridiculous it can get. But then you have to come down to like what's really probable, what's really realistic. And people leave a footprint. People leave a footprint with vehicles, with phones, credit cards, all kinds of different things like that. So the answer to that is no, she's not on the West Coast. She didn't pick up and move. Maybe she's in China. Huh. I didn't think of that. Maybe they should do a search in China. Hey, who knows? Maybe she, you know, is living in Australia. It's possible. It's possible. But like I said, it's also possible, I guess, that a spaceship could have flown down and like transported her up. Well, you know, as much as you go with possible, you go to what is realistic what may have happened and um, that is not one of them folks this portion of the john DePietro show on this monday is brought to you by propane plus call propane plus today heating and cooling all your propane supplies 401-885 call them 4209 propane plus 508 252 3359 in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209. Propane Plus, three generations. They're available 24-7. Online billing schedule. Ability to schedule your service to deliver at the click of a button. All customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus. And remember, online at propaneplus.com. Heating and cooling, residential and commercial Call Propane Plus today for all your propane needs, 401-885-4209. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's 1230. And again, um, those that are listening on the radio, it's obviously fine on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can listen on the website, tobetro.com. You could also say, Alexa, search WNRI. There's multiple ways and, uh, of course, you can always go to the website, topetro.com, upper left-hand side, click Listen Live. We're having a minor uh, glitch with Facebook. So I fully anticipated doing the noon report on Facebook today. It obviously is not happening as we're halfway through this uh, 12 o'clock hour. I think we will be live tonight. But, folks, I, I believe we will do want the, want the return of one After Dark. Uh, Ladybug is resting up. I have not actually uh, seen her, but I believe, you know, she, that, that was, that was obviously, um, listen, that was traumatizing. That was frightening. It was uh, an unprovoked 
attack, as I as I've talked about. And I I think that the video speaks for itself. I'll say that. And it's very serious charges on that individual. And between the ski mask <laughs> and the behavior, I think that certainly is an eye-opener to anyone that wonders about someone's temperament. We'll put it that way. So, again, I want to thank everyone. There is other news that I want to cover, but I can't just come on and like, hey, how was your weekend? You know, I'm, it's not lost on me what happened. Um, and we're going to, you know, obviously I have to, you know, we have to change the way we do live stream. People love the live stream. I get that. It's become very popular. It's unlike anything else around here. I always look, okay, we want to do this. Can we do it safely? It all comes down to that, you know, and that was even, you know, the whole element of Ukraine. I love the idea of broadcasting from a war zone. The question is, could we do it safely? For the most part, we did with one small glitch. But no, I I think it'll come back. How does this impact how we're going to cover the case? I mean, what happened has no impact. It has zero impact. Um, And and also, it, it remains a missing person's case. Anyone that has followed it, I come back to, as much as people were trying to come up with what about this? What about that? I always, many times, these things are not as complicated as people think. And it can't be ignored that the police arrived at that residence. I believe it was either Thursday, sometime either Thursday, May 19th, or sometime Friday, May 20th, because they went back to the residence on Staples Avenue on Saturday, May 21st, and set up the, the you know crime scene tape, not j- the entire property. You could knock the entire property was a crime scene. And those of you that have followed it, they had not one, two work police officers, one on the front, one on the back. They had them there 24-7, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, starting May 21st, and then the week of the 23rd, 28th was a full week, Memorial Day weekend was the search with the love 29th, then you come to June 4th, that was two weeks they were there. June 11th, three weeks, and then they finally packed up and took away the tape on Saturday, June 18th. So a full month. So just to reiterate, when people would come up with these different theories, you know, as some of you know, we interviewed police experts, legal experts. It it was unprecedented. That they were on scene. Hey, they were at Mar-a-Lago for nine hours. Think about this. That raid, search warrant, executing a search warrant, nine hours at Mar-a-Lago. Nine hours. They were at 29 Staple for a month. Police we talked to said unprecedented. Legal we talked to, I've never heard of it. I've heard of a day. There's the guy off Branch Avenue that shot it out with the Providence police, who was ultimately killed. That house, his, that was a crime scene for basically 24 hours after that. And then the Friday, the family members were allowed in. Warwick police sat on this house for a month, which means they went to a judge got the judge to sign off on that they believed, right, had to be sufficient evidence that would warrant that they were able to sit on the house for that amount of time. So 
that's where it's at. Um, I, and I, as I have said in every broadcast, this is a missing persons case. There's been no one charged. No one's ever used any terms other than that. I think it's interesting his attorney used the term person of interest because prior to that, um, I hadn't seen anyone use that in print. Or police weren't even using that. Um, and that is true in the beginning, as the family points out. There were several people. But as the family said, the family with their public, with their private investigator, they feel confident that they eliminated any of the other people and that this one person they haven't eliminated. So you go back to last Wednesday night, that individual was taken into custody, Mark Perkins, the owner of 29 Staples, and was asked specific questions about equipment that he had stolen from me with the intention of stealing it and taking it. And he denied he had it. And what happened? They got a search warrant. They went in and they found it. Okay, so what So what does that mean? Well, it means he doesn't tell the truth to police. That's what it means. And it, by the way, that doesn't mean, oh, so you're saying because, no, I, I'm just saying it, it just, it means that someone doesn't tell, didn't tell the police the truth. That's what it means. So then I think it's fair to wonder, what are the things has this person said that were not truthful? It doesn't compute to, therefore, you know, this type of thing. It doesn't mean that. I'm not going to get into the preposterous. Um, one of the problems with a story like this is all kinds of nuts surface on something like this. Um, but you can't get distracted. It, it remains that, as I said a little bit earlier, folks, that actually... You know, there were other stories in the news that we were more focused on and covered simply because there was there was a lot of news, a lot of news, searches still at the house. And then, you know, started to kind of tail off a little bit. So then there's nothing new to report. So we moved on to other things. And I want to repeat, that was the first time I'd ever encountered that individual in that manner. So um, we will follow the case. I can tell you the police are certainly investigating. The Warwick police were able to get back into the house, or I should say the Warwick police were able to get into the house. They were able to get into his shed on the property. Um, And I'll talk more about that probably on on Facebook. But it was um, we, we will continue to follow the follow the case and see where it goes but it was uh i also i want to once again just thank everyone that reached out it was um it was definitely a different type of week without question uh i also want to point attention uh, bring attention to um i saw that um someone posted the front page of the Winsocket call payday Longtime K's restaurant manager, Roger Peewee Payette, to get special celebration after fifty-five year career. And there's a nice photo, a uh, picture with him and uh, David right there. So I do want to say congratulations, especially in this type of um climate, folks, when as we all know, it's it's difficult. How many business people are listening right now? And it's it's difficult to get people to uh, to find workers. I I certainly hope that you know that 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 is a work ethic that deserves you know all of the congratulations and appreciation that shows you know work ethic, commitment, loyalty. All things that are, you know, for the most part, kind of missing right now, kind of missing in today's society. And, you know, you talk to any business owner and it is very, very difficult to not only find workers, but to find, you know, 
um, reliable good workers to find loyalty. One of the things that people talk about is um, the fact that that because of people working remotely, because of people working remotely, you don't have, people don't have loyalty to where they work anymore. So I want to congratulate Peewee, and that is fantastic for, uh, for everyone in all the regular customers and everyone that knows him from K's. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show at 1241 is brought to you by AtMed Urgent Care, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston, and also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, AtMed Urgent Care. They specialize comprehensive outpatient health care in ambulatory medicine. Next time you have an emergency, go to AtMed Urgent Care, cost-efficient health care alternative, hospital-based emergencies, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, and physical exams. And at AtMed Urgent Care, Governor McKee, who has COVID, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions at med urgent care look for them online at medurgentcare.net at med urgent care again next time you have an emergency that's where you want to go 1524 atwood avenue in johnson and also east greenwich right across from felicia's well folks at 1242 good afternoon it's the john DePietro show on am 1380 and 99.9 fm i think it's interesting Governor McKee is really going to be out of sight. And I will tell you, his people, they think he's got it. They think he's going to pull it out in the primary. I think it's interesting that he's supposedly has COVID. Therefore, he's going to be out of sight the entire week. You know who's going to be in Rhode Island? Former Governor Raimondo. So... Dan McGowan reports, so she is at some event in East Providence, I believe, today. I think Wednesday night, she's doing a fundraiser for Stephen Pryor, who is running for treasurer. I'm waiting to see if she does something with her friend Helena Folks. And I just wonder if, as we talked about with Justin last hour, I just wonder... Um, if, you know, COVID, anyone that doesn't want to go to anything now, they just say they have COVID and they, you know, then who knows, right? They're like, oh, I have COVID. I feel okay, but I tested positive. So I have to isolate for a few days. Now, then if someone hangs up the phone and doesn't, you know, go to work, go to whatever, a wedding or they're not out campaigning. They can just say they have COVID. So I think it's interesting. Ramundo is going to be in Rhode Island this week. And Governor McKee is, is going to be not on the scene because, quote, he has COVID. Because I could see where they feel, you know, early voting starts Wednesday they feel they have a lot of money. Those union members are putting up a bunch of money to help the McKee campaign. And as Justin pointed out, there's some expensive IOUs that are, you know, attached to that, that I think should be explored more. So it's not just a matter of the, it's not a matter of that the, People, the union members giving these endorsements, that they meet with them because they meet with them. And it's not like they say, you know, we looked at everyone and there's just something about Dan McKee. No, 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 no. It's come up with a wish list. It's come up with a wish list, right? What is it going to take to get your endorsement? And he's in the position between now and the end of the year to actually put things in motion. So if he tells them. How, how about building the Superman building? How about a brand new soccer stadium for $150 million you guys can build? No bid contract. How about I'll give you half a billion in schools that you can build? I mean, 
he is just writing checks that are all going to get cashed. And they're going to get cashed on on our dime. I mean, that's what's really going on. So I, I don't I, I don't know enough, um, you know, but there is speculation that maybe Governor McKee is saying, you know, every time Biden drops off the radar, it doesn't seem to hurt him. So maybe I'll drop off the radar for a little bit. Folks, check out the website to Petro.com. And DePetro.com, which is brought to you by the Centerdale Revival Comfort Food and Cocktails, located 2025 Smith Street, North Providence, right across from North Providence Town Hall, and right next door to Stella Suites. It's the Centerdale Revival. Delicious food, Monday through Thursday, 3 to 1130. Uh, Friday and Saturday, of course, they also have live entertainment, Sunday brunch. It's, it's great. There's no trouble. It's a nice crowd. It's the Centerdale Revival, Comfort, Food, and Cocktails. Well, folks, at 1247, the, um, I also want to point out, I, I want to commend the Providence Journal. They're the first ones that have come out and exposed the fact that this guy running as a Democrat, Monez, an underdog in Central Falls, and now the governor's race. Well, it, it goes beyond that. I mean, the Providence Journal points out that he describes himself as the only medical doctor in the race. But he's actually not a medical doctor. As he goes door to door, he's describing, I'm the only medical doctor in the governor's race. Uh, Louis Daniel Monez. And they write his biography is a little more complicated. He did attend medical school. But he's never been licensed to practice medicine. He's working as a technology consultant. With, quote, individuals looking to understand blockchain and healthcare. I don't even know what that means. Um, it is true. He's from Central Falls. And he went to work at age 12 distributing grocery store circulars. Um, he was born in New York. Parents from Puerto, Re- uh, Puerto Rican, they write. Um... Boom, boom, boom. He enrolled at Broad Street Elementary in Central Falls. His father followed the family Central Falls. Um, had some problems. Um, boom, boom, boom. Peeps teaches at Central Falls. Stepped up. He was the first person in his family to go to college, enrolling at Rhode Island College, majoring in philosophy. Considered becoming a social worker. After leaving that job, he went abroad, spent some time in Italy, and then he went to Yukon Medical School. So he could come home on weekends. He was taken aback how competitive it was, how much time his peers had spent preparing for standardized tests. So um, he grew disillusioned with America's for-profit healthcare system. And he started a residency which would take place to the full residency. So he had a preliminary residency, which took place to full residency required for board certification, but decided to jump out of the industry um, instead of the process becoming licensed to practice medicine. So since then, he's worked as a consultant or a contractor with various medical technology companies. It, I mean, he sounds... A consultant or contractor? He sounds like, is it possible that he sells medical devices? Sure sounds that way. Um, he, he, it can be difficult to square the career choice, his own stated reason. There are broad inequities. Doesn't that industry develop medical technology have the same problem? Yeah, lots of problems. Um, he had knowledge gap he wanted to fill. Medical school doesn't teach you that. First ran for governor in 2018, finished with 1.7% of the vote. He claims he faced threats from really corrupt political operatives. I, I find that impossible to believe that anyone threatened someone that came out with 1.7% of the vote. Um, he was named... 
to the state's COVID Equity Council. Even though I, I think he misrepresents himself saying he's a medical doctor. On the campaign trail, he talks about establishing a single-payer health care system. Uh, he positions himself as a foil to wealthy, connected insiders. So Channel 12 is excluding him from an upcoming debate. They say you have to raise at least 50000 or you're polling at 5% or more. I, I don't have a problem with that. He was involved with a radio debate where he was uh, consistently identified as doctor when he's not. And the guy's only got 1%. So good for Channel 12, like enough of this. Um, he is a non-entity, as Dan McGowan and I have talked about. You know, I don't know this guy. I think I met him one time. I'm not going to say he's not a bad guy, but he's not a medical doctor. That's for sure. He doesn't have a license to practice medicine. He went to medical school. And I, I don't know exactly what he does with these medical devices, but he's not. If he's out on the campaign trail saying, I'm the only medical doctor in the governor's race, he's, you know, Dr. Ben Carson was a medical doctor. This guy is not. So Governor McKee has tested positive for COVID. I, I think that is not a bad thing. On Sunday, the office confirmed the 71-year-old governor tested positive late Saturday night. Wow, he's been taking the antiviral medication, Paxlovid, isolating for five days, which means the entire week. He's going to work remotely. I'll be isolating for five days. He says that his wife and children will be filling in for him on the campaign trail. Um, you know, in some ways, it's not the worst thing for Governor McKee to kind of catch a breath. I'm not going to say it's a vacation, but definitely a couple days out of the um, out of the limelight so to speak, and he can kind of keep a low profile and do whatever he has to do. And certainly it keeps him away from the media is really what it does, as a matter of fact. So it keeps him um, out of having to answer any questions this week, specifically as Governor Raimondo is in town. Or, excuse me, <laughs> Secretary Raimondo is in town. So I I just find the timing of that interesting. Now, folks, the big national news is Dr. Fauci is going to depart uh, in December. He's going to be leaving. So... Now, I don't, I'll be leading the position to pursue the next chapter of my career. <laughs> I think he stayed too long. I think he also, isn't he 81 years old? I mean, all right, he's an active guy. He's in good health. So Dr. Fauci will finally be leaving the stage, but not until after the midterms. You know, it's actually 50 years of public service, 81 years old has advised seven U.S. presidents, starting with Reagan. He's going to pursue the next chapter. He first joined in 1968, age 27, and eventually took over National Institute of Allergy Infectious Diseases in 1984. Um, so Fauci, that is the big national story um, regarding Dr. Fauci. Locally, folks, you know, at 12.55... You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the show is brought to you by J. Perry Paving at 1255 on this Monday, August 22nd. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, 20 years experience, specialized commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios. J. Perry Paving, free estimate for any project. Call them today at 401 401- 732-1730. Free quote, letter J, J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. And remember, no one's better with veterans 
or two veterans, I should say, than J. Perry Paving. Licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting their clients' needs, no matter how big, how small, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway. J. Perry Paving has your back. Check out the benefits of, of, of asphalt for your driveway. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive on. Call them for a free quote. 401 732 1730. J. Perry Paving. Residential, commercial, seal coating, and patios. And folks, remember with J. Perry Paving, um, if you're a veteran, or your dad is, or your mom, or your son, or an uncle, or your grandparent, whoever, no one will get a better deal. No one will offer them one better than J. Perry Paving. And by the way, a brand new paved driveway makes a huge difference in uh, curb appeal. And it's just, you know, better, smooth, safe to drive on. 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. Folks, good afternoon. It's 1257. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Again, visit the website, DePietro.com, if you want to reach out to me. Uh, we have things available in the shop. We're trying to get everything uh, back up and running. But check out the website, DePietro.com, which is parts by the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. Lunch, dinner, or drinks in a lounge. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn, and there's a link to the Coesed Inn on the website, dipetro.com. Where, now next hour, I will play uh, some of the sound over the weekend. I anticipate we're going to do Facebook Live later. I think so. I think we're close to getting it back up and running. I had initially planned to do it at noontime, uh, but it did not work out that way, so we're going to get that uh, worked out. Um but some of the other news. But this Wednesday is early voting starts. And as I have told you, I, I am opposed to this. This is, you can, and maybe you've got, you, you can apply for a mail ballot that then you just drop into a drop box. So today is Monday, August 22nd. Early voting starts the 24th. And then the primary is not until Tuesday, September 13th. So the primary is three weeks from tomorrow. And as, I've, as I have said, I believe, as much as people are saying, boy, what's going on? And people don't seem interested. And boy, there doesn't seem to be a lot of enthusiasm. And it's not a traditional campaign. Folks, it's all become. Because of Nellie Gorbea and Dan McKee, because of those two individuals, and by the way, you know, the House and those that passed it, it's all become about collecting ballots. It's just all about collecting ballots. So here's what we're going to do. It's 1259. We're going to break for the one o'clock news. It's John DePietro on this Monday. We have a lot more to go next hour. Play some of the sound uh, over the weekend. Uh, some of the Sunday shows and some of the local sound as well. As we are two days out from early voting, I I don't think that this is um, I this is not a normal Democrat uh, or demo- what I mean is democracy election. This is not. This is just ballot harvesting, collecting mail ballots. All right, we're going to break for the one o'clock news. The power hours next, right here on the John DePietro Show. <laughs> 